When I was younger, a sage in my community said, Olu, there is no telling where life will take you. He was right. Over the years, life has taken me to places I never imagined. But you know, this wise sage did not tell me that life would be filled with uncertainties. Perhaps this was because he didn't quite know that there would be this pandemic called COVID-19. He left out that part of the story. You know, life at its best is really filled with uncertainties. The life that we're living now in the midst of a pandemic is filled with numerous uncertainties every single day. I like a good working definition of uncertainty. It is the inability to know and to control next. I mean, that is the exact opposite of human nature. We want to control everything. We want to know everything. We want to manage everything. We want to have our hands on everything. There's this retail company that I support quite often that helps me with my own uncertainty. Every once in a while, they'll send me an email and say, hey, Olu, I know that you're uncertain about what to purchase next. And we have this great algorithm that will help you based upon your previous shopping history. We think you would buy this item. They try to help me manage my uncertainty. But even with all of the wonderful algorithms that exist in modern day science, there is still no way that we can know and manage next. That's what uncertainty is all about. It was a year ago that the whole world shifted. Do you remember when COVID-19 became a pandemic and uncertainty became the new normal? As leaders in our local church, we had 48 hours to pivot from being a dual platform worshiping church, meaning in person and virtual, to becoming a 100% single platform virtual worshiping community. We only had 48 hours. It was the same shift that the healthcare community had to make. It was the same shift that the business community had to make. It was the same shift that the political community and government and throughout the world, everyone had to shift in a moment's notice. And so I am grateful that our team shifted, but guess what? Just a few weeks after we made that shift, there's this big Sunday in the Christian world called Easter Sunday that was coming up. And we were filled with uncertainty because that first week was okay, but then the chatter around the world began, will we have a virtual Easter experience? And we realized the answer was yes. And now, a year later, as Easter comes around again, chances are we'll be hosting another virtual 100% Easter experience. Uncertainty is the new normal. Here's a question for you. How do you respond to uncertainty? Now, there are several ways that most people respond to uncertainty. Some people ignore uncertainty and they tell themselves, look, if I can just overfunction in another area of my life and underfunction in the areas of uncertainty, that things will get better and it will be okay. There's another way to respond to uncertainty and that is to deny uncertainty. That's where you convince yourself and all of the people you're in relationship with that uncertainty is not real, that everything is certain, and that if we would just change our thinking and deny it all, it will get better. But there's another way that some people respond to uncertainty, and that is simply to wait it out. You go and you get a calendar and you put it on your wall and every day you check a day and you check a week and you check a month and eventually you get to a year and that strategy is, I will just wait out 
uncertainty. Do you deny uncertainty? Do you ignore uncertainty? Or do you wait out uncertainty? But allow me to give you a fourth option. Now, before I give you this option, I wanna let you know it's gonna take courage to accept and choose this option because it's not easy. Here it is. What if you embraced uncertainty? What does it mean to embrace uncertainty? It means that you take off your superhero and your super shiro capes and you surrender to the frailty of humanity and you publicly or privately admit to yourself and other people you have no idea and no control over the next second, the next minute, the next hour, the next day, or even the next year. And I know this is not easy because some of us are paid to be certain. I mean, your job description is filled with texts of certainty. You are the person in the family who always has the answer. And so for you to choose this option to embrace uncertainty means that you have to walk into spaces that is used to you knowing all of the answers and publicly declare, I'm really not sure about next. See, that's what it means when we are able to fully embrace uncertainty. Jesus talks about this in, in Luke's gospel. He says, have you ever added a single day to your life through fear or anxiety or by worrying about things that you can't control? The answer is no. The healthcare community has taught us that the power of stress and anxiety on the human body literally subtracts days and weeks and years from our life. The professor Brene Brown at University of Houston talks a lot about embracing uncertainty in these wilderness moments. She says, what would happen if you remain curious in the midst of uncertainty. Why? Because through curiosity, you discover new awarenesses about yourself. You discover new awarenesses about the people you're in relationship with. And guess what? You also discover new awarenesses about the world. What happens when we surrender and embrace uncertainty? What happens when we follow the wisdom of Jesus and stop being anxious over things that we can't control? What happens when we do like Brene Brown in the midst of the wilderness of uncertainty? We stay curious. But let me offer another suggestion of how you can embrace uncertainty. And it's through what I call eternal truths. These eternal truths in the midst of uncertainty are the most certain things that you can stand on. Here's that first eternal truth. It is that in her world, there is more good than there is evil. Now, if you follow social media and you follow any other type of news media and you have these conversations with yourself and conversations with each other and you look at what's happening close to you and around you, chances are you might think from time to time that there is more evil in the world than good, but you're wrong. The eternal truth is this, in spite of the uncertainty of the world that is around us, there is more good than there is evil. The year was 1998 and I was in college and I was on that transition from my teen years into my early 20s. 
And there were two horrific murders that happened in the United States of America in 1998, one in Wyoming and the other in Texas. A young man by the name of Matthew Shepard, who was also a college student, just a year older than I was, 21 years old, was beaten, was murdered and tortured, and left in the brutal, cold Wyoming night air to die. He was killed because he was gay. In Texas of that same year was a gentleman by the name of James Byrd Jr who lived in Jasper, Texas. I know a little bit about Texas because I was born in Texas. That part of Texas we call the Piney Woods of East Texas. I was born in a small town called Lufkin and about 50 miles from Lufkin was Jasper, Texas, where James Byrd Jr. lived and he died. As a matter of fact, during the summer in college, I worked for a company whose corporate offices we're in Jasper, Texas. The story is told that James Burt Jr. was picked up by three white supremacists who beat him, who stripped him of his clothing and chained his body to the back of a truck and drove away and he was decapitated. Why was he murdered and killed? It was because he was black. Some years later, when President Barack Obama had his first term in office, in those first few weeks and months in the White House, he signed the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act. And I learned something as a 20-something-year-old, as I was dealing with the uncertainty of good and evil that in that moment I had to land on the eternal truth that there is really more goodness in the world than evil. I realized that those two individuals that took Matthew's life in Wyoming did not represent people in Wyoming or the state of Wyoming. I grew up in Texas, I'm a Texan. I knew those three white supremacists who killed James Byrd Jr. did not represent me and my family and our community or the community of Jasper, Texas. And so as a 20 something year old dealing with uncertainty and embracing it, I fell to the eternal truth that even in the midst of evil and evil acts in the world, there is still more goodness and more good people than there are those who practice evil and do evil acts. But what is that second eternal truth that can help you manage as you are embracing uncertainty? Here it is, love conquers all. See, wherever there is goodness, you can always be assured that it is based in the foundation of love. And guess what? Love really does conquer everything. In the Greek New Testament, there are these three different words that are used to describe love. There's eros, which is romantic love. There is philos, which is the family and friendship love. And then there is agape, which is God's unconditional love. We meet this love in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. These poetic verses in that final verse, Paul says, now faith, hope, and love abide. And the greatest of these is agape, God's unconditional love. May I make my own confession about embracing uncertainty? So often I have been guilty 
of blaming the uncertainty of the world and focusing on the uncertainty of the world and the uncertainty of other people only and not focusing internally on my own uncertainty and realizing that whenever I address my own uncertainty with the unconditional love of God, then I meet patience, then I meet kindness, then I meet forgiveness, then I'm able to give second and third and fourth and fifth chances to the people I'm in relationship with, but most importantly, to myself. See, I realize whenever I can manage my own uncertainty by embracing it with the love of God, then I am better able to manage and embrace the uncertainty of the world that I live in. See, there is this eternal truth that there is more good than evil. There is this eternal truth that love conquers all. But then there is this final eternal truth. Here it is. There is a future filled with hope. Of all of the words that I say most often, this word hope is the one that I say more times than I'm willing to admit. Hope, hope, hope. What is hope? Hope is this undying belief that things will get better. But sometimes people lose their hope. And I think there is no greater despair in life than to live life without hope. James Weldon Johnson who penned the words of what we now call the Negro National Anthem, hidden between those stanzas, he says, in the days when hope unborn had died. Hope was supposed to make it, but it didn't show up. Hope RSVP for the party, but it came too late. There was a promise of hope, but the promise was broken. I know that there are people watching around the world who have lost hope, but we must be reminded in the midst of uncertainty that there is a promise of a future filled with hope. I am the product of slave ancestors, and these ancestors had a deep and abiding theology. They practice what we call eschatological hope. But let's look at that first word, eschatology. It is the study of the end of times, the end of things. Now, if you just think about eschatology as uh, this isolated study, it sounds a little bit depressing. But if you merge that with hope, it becomes something entirely different. What is eschatological hope? It is a belief that in spite of how difficult today is, if you would dare to wake up tomorrow, chances are things will be a little bit better. My slave ancestors would intertwine this eschatological hope theology in the music and, and the words that they sang. And Negro spirituals like, go down Moses, way down in Egypt land, tell old Pharaoh to let my people go. What they were essentially saying is that although they were in bondage, they believed in the power of prayer that although they would die in bondage, God would answer their prayers and the next generation would live in freedom. Still, even today and more recent times, African-Americans have found a way to intertwine this theology of hope in music and song and lyrics. That great songwriter, singer, business person, philanthropist, social activist, Sam Cooke said, I was born 
by a river and a little old tent. And just like that river, I've been running ever since. It's been a long time coming. Hear the hope. But I know that a change is going to come soon. How do we take this theology of hope and use it in the midst of a pandemic that is filled with uncertainty? We believe deep within as we embrace uncertainty that our current reality will not be always. There's going to come a day when there is no longer a pandemic. There will come a day when the gap between those who have and those who have not won't be as great as it is right now. There, there's going to come a day when regardless of the zip code where a child is born, they'll have a quality education. There won't be food deserts, but there will be quality food. And guess what? Healthcare will be provided to all. There's going to come a day where these isms that keep us incarcerated and don't allow freedom and justice to be available for all people will go away. And in spite of your sexual orientation, your nationality, your religion, your disability, your age, your gender, we will all be seen as God's people and as God's children. Why? Because we have the hope of our ancestors that says, even in the midst of a difficult moment, if we would dare to keep the faith, tomorrow will be better. So what do we do with uncertainty? You have a choice. You can ignore it. You can deny it. You can wait it out. Or you can be courageous and you can fully embrace it and stop trying to be a superhero or a super shiro and surrender to the frailty of the human experience. Remember, Jesus said, you can worry all you want about things you can't control, but it won't help. And as Brene Brown says, in the midst of your wilderness, open your eyes and stay curious and see what God is trying to show you and to tell you. And then hold fast to these eternal truths that I had to learn the hard way in my own life, that there really is more good than there is evil, and love truly does conquer all. And as my slave ancestors remind me to this very day, that if you dare to wake up tomorrow in the midst of believing in hope, chances are it'll be a little bit better. The choice is yours, but for some reason, I think you're going to choose to embrace uncertainty. God bless you, and I'll see you in your hope-filled future.